tree for my dad as a birthday present or something. I mean, this big, uh, huge book full of stuff. And, and I, I mean, we, we, I come from a long line of outlaws. Amen. I have not a good pedigree whatsoever. But Jesus, in his pedigree, we, we look in Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew, he describes the pedigree of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you see, they were claiming that he was a king. In the next chapter, uh, there were the wise men from the east came and said, Where is he that is born, what? King of the Jews. They said, There is a king born. There is somebody here that is the king of the Jews. Now, if you're going to claim the authority and the right of, of the throne, then you need to have paperwork to back that up. Say amen. Now, we see Matthew, he takes the lineage of Christ uh, uh, on Joseph's side, uh, Jesus' foster father, because we know that he was born of the Holy Ghost, not of man's seed. But that was his, I guess if you want to use the word foster or adopted father. But then in Luke chapter number 3, you'll find out that Luke records Mary's bloodline, Mary's lineage in, in her family tree, and both of them go back to David. Say amen. Why is that important? Because in God's Word, He said, There will come one out of the line of David, out of the family of David, who would be the Messiah. He would be the promised deliverer, and it had to be right. And God fulfilled that. That is wonderful. We see, we see just a couple of things. I want to share with you three quick things uh, this morning about the identity of this baby. Number one, his pedigree. His pedigree. There's two things. There's two things we see here in this situation. First, we see his immaculate conception. He was not born of the seed of man. Mary was a virgin. Mary had never been with another man. She had never been... Listen, she was engaged to be married. And a lot of people don't understand the custom of that day. When you got engaged in that day, in the Eastern custom, when you got engaged, you were legally married. You, you did not come together. You did not consummate that marriage yet until the official marriage ceremony. But the moment that you were engaged, you were legally married. That's why if something ever took place in between that time, it was considered adultery because you were considered legally married. Does that make sense? Say amen. Well, in between the time of engagement and the time of the official ceremony between Mary and Joseph, Mary comes up pregnant. Wow. Can you imagine what Joseph is thinking? Can you imagine what's going through his mind? Can you imagine? If, now, 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 let's don't think like, let's don't think like people who've had a Bible their whole life, so we know what the deal is, Okay. We know what happened. We know the Holy Spirit, and we know Gabriel, the angel, came down. We know all of that stuff, but what if we didn't know all of that stuff, and we were Joseph, what would you think? Are you all with me now? We're thinking, this is not good. What is going on? Well, he finds this out. We find this in Matthew chapter number 1. We, we find this out, and but thank God, God sends a messenger and says, Joseph, don't you worry about it. She is just as true to you now as she was before when she said she would take your hand in marriage. I promise you, everything's okay because the baby that's in her womb right now is, listen, is from the Holy Ghost. And that is important. That is important. Uh, Christianity is the only religion that claims that. And is it very important? Why? Because we could not have been delivered by a man. A man from man's seed. The Bible says in the very beginning in Genesis, it would be of the woman's seed, not the man. And, and, and because if it was the man's seed, man is cursed. You and I are cursed. 
I have an earthly father, so that puts the curse of sin upon me. But thank God, he was born of a heavenly father. He had no curse. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. Say amen. Listen, his conception was perfect. His conception, he was born of a virgin just like the Scripture said it would be. He fulfilled prophecy just like the Old Testament Scripture said it would be. We see an immaculate conception, but then we see an imperial claim. An imperial claim. You see, later on, he claims to be king. If you are going to claim the throne, you have to have a pedigree. And he has a pedigree. Amen? How about LSU? I just saw my, my Louisiana people right there. I, I'm sorry, I just had a little commercial. Amen. Anyhow, Matthew, Matthew covers Jesus' line, Jesus' lineage through his foster father, Joseph. And guess what? He's in the line of David. It's royal blood. And then, and then, in Luke chapter number 3, Luke chapter number 3 labels and goes down the lineage of Mary. Through Mary's bloodline, she is also of David's bloodline. So what are you saying? He has a legal right to the throne of David. And by the way, he will sit on an actual throne in Jerusalem very soon. Say amen. Now watch this. It's very important that you do it. I wonder, why did they do it that way? I mean, why did Matthew do it the way he did? Why did Luke do it the way he did? Well, Matthew wrote the lineage of Joseph to show that Jesus was the Son of God because he emphasized the virgin birth and emphasized the fact that he was born of the seed of the Holy Ghost. It was a supernatural birth. Are y'all with me? He was definitely the Son of God. He was definitely divine. He was definitely God. But see, Luke went at another aspect. Luke went through the tree of Mary. And Luke wanted to emphasize this, that he was the Son of Man. He was the Son of Man. Matthew emphasized him being the Son of God. But Luke emphasized that he was the Son of Man. You say, which one was right? Both of them. He was all God, but then he was all man. He was all God because he had to be the perfect sacrifice. But he was all man because a man had to die because a man sinned. Say amen. He was all. You say, explain that. God will when we get to heaven. I can't explain how he was all God. But yet he was all man. I can't explain how he created the universe with his voice, with who he was, with his voice. He created the whole universe, yet he succumbed to death. Church, say amen. His pedigree. We see he had a pedigree. He, he had a royal lineage. He had a royal bloodline. But not only that, but we need to look at some other things that will help us identify this child. Not only his pedigree, but I want you to see his purpose. Say that word with me. His purpose his purpose now let's 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 don't let's don't let's look this away stay with me stay focused on me all right i'm, I'm getting some water but it's all right i'm having to use this this microphone because my other one tore up and i'm gonna just play like rod parsley this morning how about it all right but i've I seen people like, who, who's rod parsley i don't know who's, who's... if you watch tv preachers you know who he is amen all right Bible says in, in, in Matthew 1, verse 
uh, 20. This is the angel speaking to Joseph. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now watch this. Here's his purpose. For he shall save his people from their sin. For years, for years the Jewish people had been looking for a hero. They had been looking for, uh, and more more specific, they, they had been looking for a political hero. A political deliverer. Somebody that come and take... See, they were in bondage. They were in bondage and under the yoke of the authority of Rome. Rome had come in and conquered them. Rome, Rome was there as their, as their dictator, you might as well say. And they were wanting somebody because they knew that all through the Old Testament Scriptures that, that, that Israel would rise again, Israel would have a deliverer, Israel would have a conqueror. But they were not thinking about sin. They were thinking about politics. And they were thinking about, they were looking for a military hero. They were looking for a political figure to come and be that Messiah. But we know Jesus didn't come that way. You know why? Because politics was not their biggest problem. Listen, uh, being, being militarily controlled was not their biggest problem. Having somebody to tell them where to go and what to do and how to do it and being an authority over them was not their biggest problem. It was a crimp on their liberty. It was a crimp on their freedom. But that was not their biggest problem. God knew from the beginning of time the biggest problem of mankind was sin. Listen, it's not... We, we, we want to blame everything on the White House and the State House and Congress and the Senate. And the, Listen, it's, it's not political. The problem in America is sin. Oh, if we just had more money, it'd just give you more money to sin. Oh, if we just had more education, the problem is education. We need more education. There's more money spent on education today than there has ever been in history, yet it's not fixed anything. Listen, all we're going to do with more education is have smarter crooks. Say amen. It's not education. The problem is sin. The problem is sin. God knew that. So he did not send a political figure. He did not send a military general. He sent the Lamb of God to be a Savior for mankind's sin. We see his his purpose. He's going to come and save his people from their sins. We find his purpose in two things. We find his purpose in his title. In his title, you see, he was called Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus, but Jesus Christ. You see, there there was many boys that were named Jesus or or Yahshua. Yahshua Deliverer. But none of them was named uh, Jesus Christ. The word Christ means anointed Messiah. Anointed means separated, set apart. He was special. There was something different about him. And this man, Jesus, was, listen, he was special in his arrival. He was special in his agenda. Are y'all with me? 
He was special. He was set apart. He was the anointed Messiah all through the Old Testament. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. From the very beginning of prophecy, listen, when God promised Eve that there was going to be uh, somebody from her seed that was going to bust the devil right in the head, I'm t- and it says it just like that. It says it. It's right there in Genesis. And listen, all throughout the books of the Bible, all throughout the Old Testament, he's coming. There's a deliverer coming. There, listen, he's going to be born of a virgin. There's going to become one who's going to be the prince of peace. The government shall be upon his shoulders. It's going to be wonderful. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then on the hillside of Judea one night, angels proclaimed, a, a, hallelujah, a, a birth announcement on the side of that hill to them poor shepherds. They were watching their field by night. And lo, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And they spoke and said, Listen, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you know what they were saying? He's here, he's here, he's here. He's here. The Messiah is here. The Savior is here. And when he stepped forward at 30 years of age, John the Baptist looked at him and said, That's him, the Lamb of God, which should take the sins of the world away. That's him. What a Savior. I love that song, Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. That's his his title. Not only do we see his purpose in his title, but we see his purpose in his task. He's going to deliver us from sin. From sin. Oh, get the Romans off our back. Why don't we get the devil off our back? How many of y'all deal with sin on a daily basis? Amen? I got to get that one fixed. Amen. Sin. I, 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 was, I was reading and studying this chapter, and, man, there was one phrase that kept standing out. We saw his pedigree. It's listed clearly. He's of royal blood. Not only his pedigree, but we see his purpose. He shall save his people from their sins. But then this one verse is really what I want you to go home on. This is what I want you to, to think about when you leave here. It says in in his name, in verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. Now that first stuff I just talked about was teaching. Now I want you to let me preach just a little bit because that other stuff is good stuff to know and it's biblical history and it's biblical knowledge and we need to know he was of the line of David we need to know his name and the the, the definition of his name and we need to know his title and all but but what's that do for us right now I don't know about y'all but I got problems right now I got a very difficult situation I'm going to have to deal with this week that's just a tragedy. Right before the service started, I mean, I was late getting in here because I, was, I had my hands and, and, and arms around a family of little children, 9, 12, 14, and, and, and 16 years old that just lost their father in a very bad situation. T- 
tears dripping off their face. I'm thinking, what am I going to say? Just as soon as we say amen and dismiss out of here, I've got to go meet with them and explain this to their children. i got problems right now. Listen, I, I need to know what God is right now. And this verse, just it just pulled on my heart. God with us. What does that mean? Why is that so significant? Why is that so important? Well, to me, to me, the first thing that I, I that God really put in my spirit, and, and it wasn't really good in alliteration because I just wanted to say what God was saying to me. When God became flesh and dwelled among us, it says in John 1, in John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W. In the beginning was the Word. That, that was Jesus' name before he became human flesh. You see, he always has been and always will be. He's eternal God. He was the preexistent Christ. Are you all with me? That's why he told the Jewish people, he said, Before Abraham was, I am. You ever notice God never said I was or I'm going to be? It's always I am. I'm present in the past. I'm present in the future. I'm Man, that's good stuff. In other words, he's already been in my future, and he knows everything's going to be all right. I am. He's ever present. No matter he's in present in the past, he's present in the future. He's present right now. Listen, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Then if you'll skip on down a few verses, I think verse 14, it says, And the Word, capital W, and the Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. God. God. God who is on a throne with creatures, four creatures around him, crying day and night, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. 60 minutes of every hour, they're crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is so precious. He is so holy. He is so righteous. He is so marvelous. He is so majestic. He is so glorious. Amen. He became human. Human. The Bible says in Philippians, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, even what? The death of the cross. But that royal, majestic person of God humbled himself. And the Bible says he made him to be human, frail, weak, vulnerable. He hungered. He sorrowed. He was grieved. He wept. And the God of all glory became human. God with us. Why? Why? 
would cause such a majestic, glorious, holy, righteous, powerful being to become human. Because it was the only way. Jeff, it was the only way he could have a relationship with you. I got to thinking. I, when me and Tammy were dating, courting, whatever you want to call it, I did some stupid things to get her attention, which shall be re- in me and her secret. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I remember one time, this was around Christmas time when we first met, and I was buying stuff for her mama. I mean, we ain't met just a couple weeks. I, I was buying stuff for her mama, and I'm broke. I'm a broke a college, Bible college student. Bible college students are broker than broke. Are y'all with me? And, and I just want to impress her. I bought her little brother something, her little run out of money and couldn't buy her nothing. I said, oh, I got yours down in Florida. And she knew I was lying through my teeth. But I, I, I just went to, to great extremes just to have a relationship with her. I remember the first time, I remember the first time, we, our first date was uh, is go see the Christmas lights in Crawfordville, Georgia. And, and uh, it was a long ways away where we went and saw the Christmas lights with my best friend and her best friend. My best friend was uh, her best friend's boyfriend, and, and, and anyhow, we, we mashed up, paired up, whatever, and, 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 and we got back to Augusta, Georgia. Well, I didn't know that she lived like 700 miles away. I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. I said, I'll just follow you home and make sure you get home. She said, no, I live away. She didn't. She wasn't specific about that. 35 minutes later, we pulled in her driveway. I said, I'm not going to make this. is before GPS, but I'll get lost in the closet. Say amen. Oh, no, I'll follow you home. I'll follow you home. And, and, and so I'm, I'm telling oh, no, you ain't got to follow. Oh, yeah, I'll follow you. Man, I wanted to impress her. I wanted to think her, you know. And, boy, I was thinking, I'm never going to find my way home. Great links. You know, we've seen in the Bible where there was a man who worked seven years for his wife. He was deceived and had to work seven more years. You know the cool part about that whole story? To him, he says, just a short time for his love for her. And you know what? All week, all week, God's been telling me, the whole message, that other stuff's good, and it needed to be there because it was alliterated and sounded good. But the real message is this. God th- went through great links and took great measures just to have a relationship with you. God with us. And not only that, not only does it speak to me about his desire to have a relationship with me and to know me and to not be afar off and not to be this this indescribable figure and somebody that's like the figment of this cloud up in a mountain somewhere. No, he was a human and I, I could be there and have a real relationship, a friend. Jesus said, I didn't call you servant, but I called you friend but this is what really got me right here God is with us 
Are you with me? Did you get what I just said? What does that mean? I've got some good friends. Gabe was in the, in the early service, and I got Jeremy over here. Me and Jeremy are good buddies. Three o'clock in the morning, I guarantee you, I promise you, guarantee you, I could call him and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm lost, I'm, 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 my truck's tore up, something. I, and you know what he'd say? I'll be with you in just a minute. You know why? He's with me. He's with me. When I, when I was a little kid and, 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 and I had to go through scary stuff and, and I, I, I had to go out in the dark and do stuff that was scary because there's a booger man out there and, and, and it was scary and, and it would just terrify me because I've always been a little fella. I know it's hard to imagine, but I was. Little bitty guy. Always was a little bitty guy. And man, I'd have to go out there and boy, it just frightened me and just, but when dad said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with you. I was walking like a bandy rooster. Say amen. I wasn't scared of nothing. You know why? Daddy's with me. He's with me. What does the psalmist say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art... In the last service, there was a lot of broken people. I'm talking about broken people. This family that's, that's out here waiting on me right now, I'm broken. But you know what God told me to tell them? I'm with you. It don't matter how deep the valley is when he's with us. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation when he is, when he is with us. And you know, the Bible says something even more significant than that, that he's with us, and that's important that he's with us, but, but Jeff, there's a whole other thing when he's for us. I've been reading through the Psalms in my devotion time, and it's been blessing the fire out of me. And there's one Psalm that says this, if it had not been, if it had not been God who was on our side, Boy, I tell you what, I can say that a lot. So I'm not where I want to be, but what if God hadn't been for you? Where would you be? But preacher, you don't know what I went through. You don't know what I'm going through. But just imagine what it would be like if God wasn't with you. Listen, I like, I like the verse that says, if God be for us if God be help me now if God be then who you see he's not just with you is he he's for you I know all this stuff we've been going through and you've been going through specifically it's it's I know it can get at you but just understand no matter what he's with you and he's for you And I know some specific things about a bunch of people in here. And I know you're going through a lot. I know you're going through a lot. But I promise you, he's with you. He's for you. Why am I going through this? It could possibly be that God is testing you like Job. Because that God thinks enough of you. I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but I need to say it. 
I got five minutes. Well, actually, y'all the last crowd. I got all time. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Look, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren, right? He's the accuser of the brethren. He went before God day and night accusing this person, accusing this person, accusing that person. You see what so-and-so did. You see what so-and-so is. You see, da-da-da-da-da. He's the accuser of the brethren. But who brought up Job's name? God did. He said, hast thou considered my servant, Job? I know what you're thinking. But what if God thinks enough of you to bring up your name, to allow you to go through testing to prove the devil wrong? The devil said, oh, the only reason he blesses you, the only reason he praises you is because what you give to him. In other words, you're not worthy of praise. You've got to pay him to do it. He said, okay, take what he has. But don't, don't touch him. Don't touch him. Isn't it a great thing to know that nothing can happen to you without God going through the filter of his fingers? He took everything away from him. Took his children. Took his finances. Took everything that meant something to him. Everything. And he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what tomorrow holds, I will praise the Lord. Well, I tell you what, skin for skin, he lost that one. The devil lost that round. He said, but skin for skin, any man... He said, okay, well, you touch his body, his physical health, but don't kill him. You cannot have his life. We know he had sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. If you've ever had a sore boil, you know that's very, very painful. So that means if it was at the top of his head or at the bottom of his feet, no matter if he stood up, he was hurting. If he lay down, he was hurting. If he stood on his head, he was hurting. And he honored God and said, God, I don't have anything else to give you. So he sat in the ash heap. The ash heap is where he offered the sacrifices. The ash heap is where he offered the sacrifices, but he had nothing else to sacrifice because all of his possessions were gone. He had no cattle to sacrifice. The only thing he had left was himself. And he said, God, all i got left is me, and I'm giving you me. You see, this is, the, this is the, the truth that we need to learn from this. Whether God answered any prayer of yours at all, He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy. And, and, and I, I, was listening to, I was listening to a sports radio show, and, and uh, Turner Gill, Turner Gill was a, a football coach. I think he was in Iowa or Iowa State, out there somewhere. They gave him two years. He was only there two years, and they fired him. I mean, you can't, you can't rebuild a Lego set in two years. Say amen. Much less a football program. And this is, what, this, is what the, this is what the announcer said. We are living in a society where it's, what have you done for me? And you know, I think that that mentality has crept into the local church. If God doesn't answer my prayer today, well, if God doesn't answer my prayer tomorrow, then 
I'm not going to worship them. Look, guys, he's worthy of our worship if he doesn't do anything for us. If you're here today and you've had a prayer that hasn't been answered in a little bit, I challenge you to come Wednesday night because I'm going to talk about that. Wednesday night Bible study in Luke, we, we see a woman who continuously comes to a judge asking for her or him to avenge her. And it's basically talking about prayers that go unanswered. You need to come Wednesday night. But regardless, this baby means God is with us. God is with you. How many of y'all are glad God is with you? Listen, I want to dismiss with this. How many of y'all have seen the, the, the poetry and that, that, that thing, uh, the footprints in the sand? Have y'all seen that? It basically gives a, a poem or whatever, and it shows footprints in the sand. And the guy tells a story that all throughout his life there was two sets of footprints and God walking with me. And then he got an attitude. Then he got an attitude and said, Well, God, I, I, I'm looking over my life, and, and all the worst times in my life, it seems like you were nowhere to be found. There was only one set of footprints. I was walking alone. He said, Honey, you don't understand you wasn't walking alone. It was at that time that I was carrying you. You know, and sometimes it feels like God's nowhere to be found. But I wonder where we'd be if he hadn't been for us and with us. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here, if you were here to be baptized, if you were here to be baptized and you're a lady, I don't know if we have any here this, in this service, but if you were here to be baptized, and you're a lady, if you'll find that door over here to my right, be to your left, to, to my right. If you're a gentleman and you're here to be baptized, you come and find the play oh, to my left, this room over here. And, uh, and uh, Brother Kendrick, can you come back and check to make sure if there's anybody there, let me know, and we'll go ahead and get ready for that. Father, in Jesus' name, I love you. And I'm so glad you're with us. And I'm so glad you're for us. You're for me when I'm up. You're for me when I'm down. You're for me when I'm good. And you're even for me when I'm bad. You love me. You love me with an everlasting love that's not based on my performance. It's not based on what I can do for you. And I thank you for that. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if you're in the building. There's a lot of broken hearts in the early service. But if you're in the building this morning and, and, and you need God to do something special for you, say, Preacher, I want to get out of this storm. Well, how about God just give you peace in the storm? Listen, it might not be His will to take you out of the storm. Maybe God just wants to give you peace in the storm so somebody in the storm can see what God is doing for you. Say, Preacher, I just need God to do something for me. Every head's bowed. I want you to come and find a place in this altar. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Say, Preacher, I just need God to do something for me. Come on. Come on, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't put it off. If God, listen, if you need something, come on. Find a place. Find a, find a place and, and say, God, I need you. God, I need you. We're going to come. That's it. Come on, find a place.
find the place. I wonder how many Christians, how many Christians will be willing to step out and come pray for somebody down at this altar. Come and pray for somebody down at this altar. Just come take a family. Maybe God just put somebody on your mind or your heart. Just take a family and pray for them. Just, just come and find a place. That's it. That's it. Father, in Jesus' name. God, I know burdens are real and burdens are heavy. God, I pray right now that you'll please speak to our hearts and let us know that you're for us. Let us know that you're with us. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll, in in an awesome, awesome way, God, I pray, Lord, that, that your will be done in their lives. I pray that you'll just speak to their hearts. God, I pray for the family that I'm going to be praying with here in just a moment. God, I pray that you'll please comfort them. I don't have words to say that are sufficient. God, I don't have words to say that's enough to bring comfort, but God, they need your touch. They need your presence. They need your anointing. God, they need your blessing, Lord, I pray. I pray for the, for the families that are down at this altar, Lord. They're seeking your hand. They're seeking your touch. They're seeking your blessing. They're seeking your anointing. They're seeking your help. They're seeking your comfort. God, bless them and help them. God, meet their need today. God, touch them. Lord, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You take all the time you need.